So you know that phrase, and maybe you've even said it yourself about someone you know. When someone shows restraint, when they exercise self-control, when they're content to wait on something to happen in its own time, you might say that they have the patience of Job. And not to take anything away from Job, but I think there are other people who actually show far more patience in the Bible. Any idea who they might be? I'll tell you coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Raymond. So we have Job. We have the story in the Bible. He loses almost everything in one day. His livestock, all his property, uh, the livestock are killed or stolen. Even his children, they all die in this natural disaster. And then after this, Job's health starts to suffer. We read how Job, he looked so bad that when his friends came to visit him, just to show him a little bit of sympathy, a little bit of support, they didn't even recognize him at first. But then there's the question, how long did all of this last? How long was Job afflicted with the poverty, with the illness? And we don't really have a solid answer on this, but it is clear that Job didn't stay in this sad kind of state of suffering for all that long. And afterwards, God blesses him, returns the, the, the wealth, allows him to have a family again. So, if we want to try and come up with the time frame of Job's suffering and the testing that he goes through, we have a couple of indicators. The first thing is that Job, his friends who come to visit him, want to show him some compassion, they stayed with him for a week. It says in Scripture, seven days, seven nights. So one week right there, at least a week. The second thing is that Job talks about better times in past months. Not years, but months. So it could be anywhere from a little over a week that he deals with his suffering to a certain number of months. I've read some speculation that people have made the argument it might be 40 days along the lines of Jesus's time spent fasting in the wilderness. So for the sake of argument right now, let's just go with that 40-day timeline. With that in mind, if you look at so many other people in the Bible, they ended up waiting so much longer than Job. They had, I think, far greater patience. Maybe there wasn't the same sort of intense suffering that Job was going through, but there was way more waiting. One person that always stands out to me is Jacob, the son of Isaac. He's the grandson of Abraham in the Old Testament. Jacob, when he uh, when he's an adult, he leaves his home to travel where he meets relatives, uh, where Isaac had been originally, And he ends up meeting specifically Laban. Laban is the father of two daughters. There's Leah, she's the older, and then there's Rachel, the younger. And Jacob, he falls deeply in love with Rachel. And he agrees to work for Laban for seven years before being able to marry Rachel. Seven years that he promises there. But in the book of Genesis, it says that those seven years of work for Jacob waiting to marry Rachel, they seemed to him like a few days because of his love for her. So after those seven years are up, Laban, he tricks Jacob. Laban marries off his daughter Leah to Jacob, and Jacob doesn't know about it until the morning after their marriage is consummated. 
after the deception is exposed, Laban, he agrees to let Jacob marry Rachel a week later. But that's in exchange for another seven years of work. Those prior seven years, they flew by for Jacob. But I, I wonder if the next seven years went by a lot slower, if he felt trapped by that trick of Laban's, now just waiting and waiting to be free of his obligation of working so that he could go and he could work for his own family, his own household. But 14 years there, waiting and working just to be the head of his own family. I think we can see this kind of patience sometimes, sometimes even greater patience in so many other people in the Bible. There's Abraham waiting essentially his entire adult life for God to fulfill his promise that Abraham would be the father of this great nation. Jacob, his son, Joseph, he was the one who had all these dreams given to him by God, dreams of being someone important, and he had to wait years and years on God's timing being sold by his brothers into slavery, then later he was imprisoned, before finally seeing those dreams become reality when he was elevated to being second in command in Egypt. Moses is another great example, waiting 40 years, wandering there in the wilderness, before being able to see a glimpse, not even getting to enter, but just seeing a glimpse from afar of the promised land. Now, on the other hand, you and I, we live in a culture that absolutely hates to wait for anything. You can order something online. Yesterday was Cyber Monday, right? You can order something online and have it delivered to your home the very next day. We live in a world where food can be ordered and ready for you to eat within a couple of minutes. A microwave oven. Can you imagine living in a world without a microwave oven? You had to heat food slowly in the, in the regular oven before that. If you want something and it is delayed, what's your response? Do you get frustrated? Do you get annoyed? Do you get angry? Can you imagine, like those people in the Bible, waiting years and years for something you want? Well, today we want to talk about the virtue of patience. We want to have a better understanding of the value of exercising patience in our lives, as well as how being a more patient person allows us to grow in holiness and to avoid sin. And our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life, Father Marcel Tyone, is back with us once again. Father Tyone is a priest in the Diocese of Providence, and he is the pastor at St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island. Father, uh, great to have you back here. Always a joy to talk with you. No, likewise, and I think it's a perfect topic for Advent and for all year long, actually. We all, we all need more patience in life. It's one of the things I think people will ask me to pray for or share with me that one of the things they struggle with um, in their lives is, is exercising the virtue of patience. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you chose that for today's, today's topic. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, as you say, heading into Advent here, looking ahead to Christmas, as little children <laughs> waiting uh, Christmas Eve trying to fall asleep, it just seems that sleep would never come, and you'd be waiting and waiting and waiting for the opportunity to open those presents. But, um, you know, I, I mentioned all these different examples of people from Scripture, people just waiting patiently on God. Do you, do you have anybody that stands out to you as being kind of that image of patience that you look at in Scripture, waiting just quietly, on God's timing? Well, obviously the most obvious is Mary, right? right. I always think Mary's, our Blessed Mother's life was so difficult, and we think, you know, she had, obviously she was full of grace and had faith, but in faith she trusted that God was bringing about something good in times of great trial and anxiety and unknowns and 
tragedies. I mean, I just think, I just, when you think about the actual story of Christmas, which we're getting ready to celebrate the solemnity, you know, we think of our Blessed Mother. She had this child and then the Holy Innocents, the slaughter. You know, they have to leave and flee to Egypt and go over the line to live and not have Jesus killed. And the death, the news of John the Baptist's death, the news of the Holy Innocents, their neighbors, they would have known these little boys who were really executed uh, as, you know, the king felt threatened by the news of this king. So think of Mary, you know, kind of get, getting that news and then being on the move and sort of like, like a, a Joe Basque type experience. I think sometimes, you know, at Christmas, it's lovely. I love that we have lights up and, you know, contem- contemplative manger scenes because we're we're contemplating the mystery of the solemnity of God leaping down from the heavens to come to us, no doubt. But I think Mary, for me, she's, and Joseph as well, but, but Mary in a very particular way, she's our Advent persona uh, because she practiced patience and she could only do that by the gift of faith, trusting that God was always doing something good and loving her, especially and in times of great duress, confusion, and even, you know, really just excruciating uh, torments of the heart and the mind that she certainly went through. And uh, it doesn't mean she didn't suffer. It means that she suffered with love. Um, and she practiced that virtue of patience, trusting that God had a plan that was good, even when she was experiencing a lot of things that weren't. So she's definitely my, my person for that. I think that's great. And I think I'm always a St. Peter fan. I think Peter, you know, practiced patience with his own conversion, which is a whole nother issue, right? So we have God's will and God's plans for the world, for the church, for our salvation, his desire to have that happen. But also Peter, I think, uh, had to sort of, he too, on a different way, sort of as a priest, I relate to him very well in my ministry, but his own weaknesses, his mistakes, his denials, and then his kind of remaining with Christ in faith and not leaving and practicing the patience of his own conversions. That's a different kind of patience. I think we think of relational patience right away. But I think our patience with ourselves, that our imperfections, trusting in confession, trusting in in mercy, and having a disposition towards God's goodness, which I think really leads to the virtue of patience, where we receive that and we build the virtue, and uh, it can help us in our relationships with others when we don't have patience. But I think, again, Mary's Mary and Advent, we could interchange her person with that word. I find she was waiting for the coming of Christ. She received the first coming. She was waiting for the second coming and always received him in between uh, when things were even much more difficult than our own lives, as hard as they are. And, and I think it's good to call that to mind. She's she's the archetype for Advent, but also the archetype for patience coming from faith. And it's sort of sort of not a patience is not sort of trying to be less angry or less frustrated. There's a different, a deeper way in the Catholic faith and the Christian tradition. And that is again that that this living in faith, leaning into that God is doing something good, especially and even at the cross. And that's that's where we learn the virtue of patience. Certainly, Jesus's patience on the cross himself and and there's so many aspects to that so and i loved your idea of job i think job is uh he's obviously a a christ figure a prefigurement of jesus in a way um but in the hebrew scriptures i always find that he kept that faith and and sort of um you know just was able to remain with the lord in faith um again totally different didn't know christ yet um but but i think he's a christ figure for us and we can we can call up call upon Jesus to help us try to understand how to how to get this virtue more more integrated into our lives. Right. Uh, you know, as you're talking about Mary being that person who is awaiting the first coming of Christ, the Messiah, but then also, you know, then later in life waiting the second coming. 
Um, another example that comes to mind, especially in this season of Advent, as we do look ahead to Christmas, it's the two people we encounter right after the birth of Jesus. They're there at the temple, they're waiting, and that's Simeon and there's Anna. Simeon, we don't necessarily know his age, it's not given to us, but God has made him this promise that he wouldn't die until he has seen the Messiah. So there's kind of this implication, at least this is how I've always thought of it, that he's definitely older, that he's been waiting for years and years and years, because as soon as he sees and is able to hold the infant Jesus, then his first words are, Lord, let your servant depart in peace. You know, he's essentially just saying, God, you, you've made good on your promise. I've seen, I've seen the one that you are going to use to save the world. Uh, and so I'm ready to die now. And then Anna is the other one. She's there in the temple. And St. Luke, in his gospel narrative, he does include her age, saying that she's 84. So we've got these two people, Simeon and Anna, waiting and waiting year after year there in the temple, maybe most of their adult lives, just to see this little baby, but ready to just be satisfied with that. They don't even have to see anything else. They don't have to know how the story will end. And I think that goes back to one of the words you've said again and again here already early in this hour. You've said that word trust a lot in regards to patience. And maybe you can talk about that. You know, why is trust such an important component in, in, in when we talk about this virtue of patience? So I think there's the human, I think in a secular term, so to speak, like patience means not getting angry at waiting and not losing it, so to speak, and getting frustrated when when we're waiting for something or someone, or whether it's a light to change, a drive-through, an Amazon order, or someone to show up or change or do something for us or not do something. Um, but again, if the distinction between a person and a faith is that we have faith, and we who are Christian and know that suffering's been redeemed, um, we know that Christ at the cross trusted the Father, was obedient to the Father, could have gotten off the cross, and chose to stay there because of love, um, not under threat, and not uh, not lashing out angry again. Mary, too, right? She's at the foot of the cross. She didn't go crazy and lose her patience with the plan of God. Like, you know, it just would be so hard for us not to lash out or to, you know, start really becoming impatient at the moment with all those people hurting her son and she didn't and and she had to have a trust in God that can only come from faith so one of the ways to become patient is to say Jesus increase my faith because faith is what leads to patience um and we'll all have trips and twists and turns where we will certainly not be able to keep patience all the time, but want to build on the virtue. The virtue is practicing something that's good over and over again. It becomes a virtue. A vice is impatience, right? So we kind of, a vice is when we, maybe you always lose your cool or we just, we certainly have our personalities, our dispositions, but perhaps, um, you know, we can, we can certainly, I think, ask for the gift of faith that leads to trust and and that leads to to that virtue of patience in different situations. Um, you know, and I think at some point, hopefully in our hours, we can talk about practical things that keep us rested and prayerful. Um, so all the other kind of the ordered, leaving an ordered life and, and a religious life and a spiritual life can also set the groundwork to practice the virtue of patience. So sometimes I know people, they can't sit down, they can't sit still, they have to work at sort of practicing leisure, 
making time for worship, um, making time for study of the faith, making time to listen to relevant radio, sort of making time for that, um, using the car, uh, transportation, commuting as a time of prayer and reflection, and not just going into work or school all wound up and and angry and leading to great impatience. So, so I do think you're right. Trust, trust is the key, and faith is the key. Beg God for faith, and then ask God. Trust God again through the eyes and the reality of the cross and everything. That all things God is always doing something good, uh, especially when we're at the cross ourselves or people. We I think it's even harder. If someone we love is at the cross. We want to sort of stop that. Uh, those things can lead to a kind of a an impatience in day to day conversation and action in action. So I think we need we need to ask the saints to pray for us, Jesus to give us faith and then to lean into trust. Um and then we won't get so upset when things seem messy, ugly or even hurtful. Right. We can try to stay an interior recollected enough that just what's happening doesn't define our reaction, but this overarching underneath the faith is the foundation, trust is the gift and and kind of leaning into God when things are not going our way or as quickly or as, as we'd like them to do. And we all have that almost every day, probably, but that's why it's such a great topic for, for Advent. Talking with Father Marcel Tyone here today on The Inner Life and discussing the virtue of patience. How about you? Are you an impatient person? When have you had to exercise that kind of trust that Father Marcel Tyone is talking about here? Uh, exercise that trust uh, and and be a patient person. And as you've grown in your spiritual walk, what has helped you to be able to maybe calm down a little bit, to be able to have that trust, to wait on God's timing? Maybe you're struggling right now uh, to exercise patience in your life. You want some advice on how you can grow in this virtue. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Tyone. 888-914-9149 is the phone number to call into the studio. 888-914-9149. Before we go to the break, Father, I wanted to go back you briefly gave a definition of what a virtue is, but I'd like to draw a little bit more attention to that. Could you, again, explain what is a virtue? Yeah, so again, and obviously I'm very schooled in love, uh, St. Thomas's Aquinas' teachings on virtue and vice. Um, you know, a virtue is when we do something good, we, we do it over and over again. It builds a virtue, an action that is good. Um, it, it means... Uh, you know, it, it it really develops our moral excellence. Um, uh, it just changes us. So, uh, uh, again, a virtue versus a vice. So a vice would be I lose my temper at the traffic light, you know, almost every time. I'm just, that's a vice. We just, I have trouble in traffic. It's, it's where I struggle. One of my daily struggles, someone might have that. And then, a ver- you know, and then what happens after we catch ourselves maybe thinking ill things or whatever, not being patient, thinking, all right. And then after we catch ourselves, we pray Hail Mary for the people that I was kind of maybe, you know, frustrated with who were not seemingly paying attention to driving or the things, and I say Hail Mary for them. Um, and then the next time that happens, I catch myself again, and I do that again. So we kind of, we, we, we exercise the virtue of praying for someone that's in our way versus uh, getting really angry with them. And we kind of work at that. So some people, right, some people it's vulgarity, some people it's uh, a particular person that they might struggle with that's really hard to, to like, not just to love or to love instead of liking. And but, but So a virtue is some, something that is practiced, it's, it's practiced in the will intentionally, and the more we choose the good and act in a good way, 
it'll shave down our vices and increase our virtues. So, you know, sometimes you just meet someone who's really like a gentle soul, a kind, giving, generous, what we call a virtuous person. They have many human virtues. Um, and we want to be like that. And Christ possessed all the virtues perfectly. As God and man, we can say Our Lady too uh, had that. But but it's a nice. I think it's it's a practical. I love the virtue and vice system from Saint Thomas Aquinas because it's the school of patience. But it's also very practical and takes in the human weaknesses and frustrations we all have. So it's sort of you know I know in Lent we all try to give up something and do some things. But I think Advent too, which is a season of patience, season of expectation, of joyful longing. I think we can practice maybe taking on one of our vices without getting overwhelmed or too discouraged. Um, so if we have a kind of a habitual vice in us, then we need to kind of chip away at that and catch ourselves, bring it to Christ, ask for grace, ask for prayer. And then over time, uh, I think the Lord will give us the grace by grace alone to overcome that vice and it becomes, uh, kind of grows our virtue which is an opposition to that vice. So obviously patience, impatience, right? Um, chastity, you know, obviously unchastity. We can go back and forth a whole list. Uh, generosity, selfishness, and we can go down our own list. And it's also a great way to get ready for confession. I, I would just, we're in the first week of Advent. So if you're out there, you haven't been to confession in a while, you can kind of think, what are my vices? And then and then ask Jesus, this is Advent. What's the root of my vices? Where where are these these vices I've had in my life? I can't seem to, I haven't paid attention to them or I see them more clearly. What's the root of those? And then what would be the virtue I could practice? It's kind of almost like a, it's a great project for Advent at the top of it. You know, what's what's the vice, Jesus, what's the vice in me you want to show me, not to condemn me, but to show me mercy and call me out of it to become more like yourself, you know? And and that's why I think Advent's such a, a blessed season. It's my favorite some ways of the year because it, it's, the antithesis of secularism, the antithesis of shopping and busyness. It's an introspection time, time for a confession, a time for, again, I, I think the virtues, the virtue of patience, something I think we all need. I don't know anybody that's perfectly patient interior or externally at, at some times. And again, I find myself when I haven't slept well or if I'm ill or if I get overwhelmed, you just got a lot going on all of a sudden, you feel like you can't catch up. And we don't take time to pray and take a deep breath and almost take a Sabbath, even a Sabbath afternoon or a leisure. Um, that's when I kind of lose my compass of being aware of God's presence in the day-to-day things. And so, so I, I think um, you know, patience is a virtue, and we we can ask the Holy Spirit for that. And let's be practical. We don't want to get rid of every vice. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, we'll be discouraged and fall down. Right. That's, not, that's why I love Thomas Aquinas' teachings are very patient with the process. So even the church is patient in how she mothers us and helps us. So we shouldn't be discouraged. We shouldn't get overwhelmed. We shouldn't get down and out on ourselves. It's the opposite. Um, you know, I, I think uh, just just asking the Lord to be able to choose the good and to keep choosing it in a particular circumstance or situation or even relationship. I know some people have trouble with a particular around the holidays. They have to see people maybe they haven't seen in the family in a long time or you know, pre-COVID days, and they have to jump back into everyone in the family, and that's a good thing. That's the Lord trying to draw us all together um, the best He can, and you know, practicing virtue there, and uh, and praying before we attend that, or praying for that person rather than just uh, thinking ill things about them. We start praying for them. That's a right. virtue. That's the virtue of prayer. And there's so many ways we could go at this, but I think right. all of us we can all come up pretty easily with a personal Advent 
virtue patience project, you know, in the next few weeks. Uh-huh. Certainly, I'm I'm trying. We yeah. all need that. So do that you know. self inventory kind of, uh, uh, you know, what where is that area that stands out to me? If if you can't figure out one, <laughs> you know, yeah. ask that person ask, that that uh, you you know very well because I'm sure they <laughs> they know where you need yeah. the work. Uh, talking with Father Marcel Tyone here, and Father, let's continue our conversation in just a minute. Do need to take a short break here, but also want to invite you as you're listening into the conversation. How have you been able to grow in the virtue of patience in your own life? What are some ways that you've been able to do that? Maybe there's been some difficult moments in your life where you've seen, oh, I really do need to work on being a more patient person. How have you been able to exercise that virtue? Or maybe you're just struggling in trying to be a patient person. You don't seem to be able to do it. You seem constantly impatient, and you'd like some advice. You'd like to talk with Father Tyone. You can give us a call right now, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We'll be right back here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com slash Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and today talking with Father Marcel Tyone. He is the pastor at St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island. Today talking about the virtue of patience. Is being a patient person, is that a struggle for you? Are you someone who just, anytime you have to wait, ah, oh, this is taking forever, or what's the holdup? What's the problem here? I think all of us experience that at certain times. What has helped you to be able to grow in that virtue of patience? You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Tyone, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Nita, who is calling in from Appleton, Wisconsin. Nita, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air. Yes, hello. Good um, Good morning. I, I was just calling in reference to, um, I, I have very good patience when it comes to driving or anything like that, but when I, I really lose it sometimes is with my children. I, I ask nicely more than, more than three, four, five times sometimes, and then, then, I, then I lose my patience. And I, um, I don't know how to, some days how to, how to work with that. Um, it, I do well when, when I'm consistent in, in my prayer life, but that helps. And then I don't, I don't know. Well, this sounds, uh, Father, like a very unique situation, unlike something any other parent would have experienced. Because, <laughs> yeah. Nita, you're not alone. Of course, I'm joking here. But yeah, this is something yeah. I think almost any parent, they struggle with at a certain point. You know, there might be some exceptions, but every parent father has to tell their children oh, sure. over and over yeah. and over and over. And pretty soon you do, you find yourself frustrated. And why, why won't you listen to what I've told you? Any advice for Nita on how she might be able to uh, work on that patience, but at the well, same time, not, I guess, you know, fostering, a, 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 you know, an attitude in her children that is delayed obedience or reluctant obedience. 
Well, she said something I caught towards the end of her remarks that I think is very insightful. She said, you know, I have trouble with them, but when I pray, she said, it, it goes a little better. You know, she just, she made a reference, something like that. Just She just said that when she's praying, she has more patience. You know, she just alluded to that. So I think that's not to be missed. I think she's got good advice in that that line she just gave us there. Um, but I think there's that, and I think sort of um, what can we do in relationship like that with children or relatives that are difficult? I think when we're going to see them or be with them, we don't want to go in hot. You know, we kind of want to go in prayed up and and peaceful. I think spending some time in prayer thinking about the good virtuous things that persons don't know the joy they've brought to our lives in the past. Um, I think everyone has good memories and, and good insights into their children and the goodness in them. You think of our Heavenly Father sees goodness in us. You know, even as we're walking into the confessional, he gazes on us with great love. And I think an exercise that can help moms and dads, grandparents, and sometimes children with parents as well. Um, but to kind of spend a little time reflection and prayer uh, on the goodness of our relatives or friends that are particularly difficult to to love, or we find ourselves impatient with. Well, I think that can help. But I think timing, you know, kind of when when you're in a great place and you know that maybe there's something they like to do that will be a very good experience with them. That's outside where the frustrations lying. Um, but maybe to kind of schedule a uh, a time, a a goodness date with them. So your relative, your friend, um, someone you struggle with when you're in the right place, you prayed up and we do something with that person that we know is going to bring them joy and make them happy. And we're going to kind of, if you will, build the goodness in the relationship um, and not just wait for the times that, that we're frustrated to say something. And I think that can help as well. Um, and again, I, I think just asking the Lord for the gift of faith and trust. Um, and I, one thing that's helps me sometimes, and I kind of coach some people to do this, particularly in counseling around the confessional, but um, if someone's really struggling with a family member and it's kind of a long-term frustration, to kind of do a meditation on Jesus on the cross looking down at that person that's hard for us to love or accept or been hurt by or not respect or whatever it might be, um, but, but thinking of God's relationship with that person, not just ours. So kind of giving a vertical dimension to their existence that's not just them and me, but God and them. And, and sometimes that can also... Again, that helps us enter into the gaze of God on each one of us, but to look at them from God's perspective with love, not just from our own where the hurts and the resentments might might be resting. Sure. So I think that's another practical thing to do if, if we have the strength to do that. It might help out and kind of bring some calm and some, I like in the Eucharist prayer, bring dewfall over the heart, right? You kind of, I know... We pray that prayer at Mass. I like that expression, right? Like the do fall, we say in the second Eucharistic prayer. And I think the human heart, too. Sometimes we need do fall from the Holy Spirit so that the heart can calm, the mind can calm, and we can just get that kind of the joy back. Maybe not the happiness or without frustration, but the, the inner life of joy that can help us relate to other people with a bit more patience. So I, I think I think that can help as well. Yeah. First of all, Nita, just wanted to ask also— uh, what are the ages of your children? Um, uh, nine, 13, and 14. And also, I guess that the, the frustration also sometimes tends to be with, with the sibling rivalry. Oh, like sure. I, I, that has lately just been, I don't know. Well, I will say that, you know, just having 
having kids at that age, but also having kids that are out of the house. You know, I've got I've got older children that are, uh, you know, already in their twenties and they're living on their own. That age, especially, I think from around maybe nine to fourteen, nine to fifteen, it can be really, really difficult. Somewhere after that, usually, you know, it depends on the child, depends on their personality, but you can find that they start kind of growing out of that sense of you have to tell them things over and over and over and over. Um, but I, I guess I just say that, Nita, just to encourage you and say it does get better, you know, that that it's not something that's going to last. It, it seems like it's going to last forever when you're in the moment right there. But it, there there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so don't don't give up hope and and hopefully that all by itself just knowing you know uh, it's not always going to be like this that will just give you a little bolstering of the fact that okay i can make it through this i can have that patience you know it still might be a struggle day to day but you can you can make it through that i also like father as you were saying you know how we look at things from god's perspective it made me think of a lot of times we think of forgiveness when it comes to the parable that Jesus tells of the the um, the master who calls forth his his servant his slave and says you owe me this huge amount and you need to settle up and the the servant says I don't have it right now but if you be patient I'll pay you everything to the last penny the master he has mercy on this servant forgives the debt and then that servant goes out finds a fellow servant, somebody who owes him hardly anything, has that servant thrown in prison when he can't pay back the debt. And I think, you know, that's another one that might be good to reflect on when we are looking at somebody else and saying, okay, they're not listening to me or they're not, you know, I'm finding myself impatient with them. Well, how patient is God with us in our own lives? How many times has he said to us, you know, I've told you over and over and over you really shouldn't be doing that. That's not what I want you to do. That's not where I want you to be in your life. You really should be over here. This is what you should be doing. But God is so infinitely patient with us. And if he has that patience, how should we then in turn carry that that loving patience from God out to those that we impact, even our kids, as frustrating as they might be at times? Well, I think you're right too. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a it's a normal situation. I have a family here. They have three children, and the mom so frustrated. Just sounded just exactly what you said um, a few weeks ago. I said, Father, they told me about the terrible twos. It's the terrible seventeens. What do I do? <laughs> so they're just so frustrating, and I get so angry. And uh, and then again, she's. But uh, even of late, you know, I think uh, the, these kids' parents have also seen a change. You talked about it won't always be this way, and there has been one of the children kind of kind of really saw saw their own struggles and and admitted them to themselves and to parents. It did kind of relieve the stress in the situation in the home. So these kids are tinier to smaller, but I think it is a, it's a challenge. And you're right to call in today and ask for that because it will certainly a lot of listeners and I will certainly pray that you get the gift of virtue of patience from the Holy Spirit and, and hopefully you know God's patience with you and with us, each of us, as we try to experience that, which will help us again, I think, to to kind of to kind of lean into God when it when it can be so frustrating. 
talking with Father Marcel Tyone today here on The Inner Life. And again, our phone number, if you'd like to join the program, 888-914-9149, talking about, about the virtue of patience. How are you as being a patient person? Is that a real struggle for you? Maybe it is just a struggle in one area of your life. Maybe you're patient in other areas, but that one area is a struggle. Or maybe it was a struggle, and you've been able to make progress. You've been able to move forward, growing in that virtue of patience. How have you been able to accomplish that in your life? We'd love to hear how God has worked in your life, how you've been able to exercise that virtue, be able to um, grow in that virtue. 888-914-9149. And we will be right back with more of your phone calls and more with Father Tyone here on The Inner Life. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today we'd like to thank Robert, who's listening in California, for donating his Jaguar. Join thousands of other listeners in donating your old vehicle by visiting RelevantRadio.com car. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, joined today by Father Marcel Tyone, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island, talking about the virtue of patience and taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149, Father, before we go back to the phones, one thing that... Um, I think is very interesting. This is St. Paul as he's writing, not necessarily about patience. He, in his first letter to the Corinthians, very famous section, chapter 13, he is describing all of these different aspects, these different facets of what love is. And when he goes through this list, the very first way he describes love is by saying love is patient. He then continues on. He, he explains what love is and what love is not, gives all these different examples. But it seems that this could be quite significant that Paul describes love as being patient before using any other adjectives there. Of course, most people might know if you go to a wedding, it's often one of the most commonly chose, chosen readings right. at a wedding, right? Yep. People are committing to each other and St. Paul reminds us that love is it's what it's pers- purposeful, persistent, kind of keeps perspective. You know, patience comes from, yeah, love is patient, love is kind. It's those fruits of the Holy Spirit, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful scripture. And I, you know, maybe we can read that and take, you know, take the word love out and put our name in there. You know, we go to prayers, you know, as, you know, is Anita kind, make Anita kind, loving, patient, you know, patient, kind, all these, these meek, all these great virtues and fruits of the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's a relevant scripture to what we're talking about. And we, we got to remember that exercising patience is actually loving. So we want to be more loving people. We want to be like Christ, want to diffuse his love. It's not laying down and playing dead. It's not letting nothing bother us, but it's kind of, again, that virtue overcoming the vice and the heart and the mind of, of the one, the friend of Jesus. So that's what we're trying to do. And especially, especially with children, close relationships, persistent struggles uh, in our closest situations or repeat situations, circumstances, or like you said, we just have to know ourselves. What's, where's our area where we need to have this grace come to us, this advent? Mm-hmm. And it's a great question for us today. 
let's also talk about one other virtue, fortitude, in just a moment here, Father. But let's go back to the phones. Nikki is calling in from Lodi, California. Hi, Nikki. Glad to have you on the Hi. air here on The Inner Life. I have a silly uh, lesson in patience that I wanted to share. Uh, I was praying to, for patience, and in the midst of those prayers, I decided to start baking. I had an old cookbook from 1936, and if there are any bakers out there, they'll know what I'm talking about if you try to bake an angel food cake. So I attempted to make an angel food cake from this cookbook, and it was an epic fail. So I tried again, and it was an epic fail. And it took me probably a half a dozen times before I was able to make this angel food cake. And at the end of these uh, lessons I was having on this angel food cake, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm learning patience because trying to bake this cake, it needs such focus and you have to be very patient while it's baking, very patient while you're mixing it. And I realized God just taught me a lesson in patience. So I was able to master the recipe. Um, and also I realized that as we wait on God and we are patient and we stay steady and we pray, sometimes something delicious can happen. <laughs> you know, as I learned about this angel food cake that I was baking, that God has good things in store for us. We just have to mm. wait. And sometimes it's hard work and sometimes we fail. But well, eventually, I, I if we if we keep on, we can succeed. Of course, I cannot resist the comment. It sounds like you had four fallen angel cakes and one angel cake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, you you make a good point, right? Again, what were you, what were you doing? Uh, exercising, really finding a way to exercise patience in a sort of a controlled environment, you know. And I think there's it's like going to the gym. You went to the, the baking for you became a gym for patience, you know, and exercising that, practicing that, and less stressful than maybe out with a lot of people. So I think it's a great example. And for, for listeners today, we find a place where we can we can practice patience, whether it's baking or some other activity of any kind. But I, I think you bring up a great point. It, it was sort of the school of patience. And, and I don't know, I, I would have eaten the cakes that didn't make it out. I would probably probably love that. And uh, so I think it's a great, a great encouraging example for us. Thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. Uh, glad to have you on the program, Nikki. You know, the other thing that that's always helpful in those moments where you have that that ability to look back on something like this, it's it's good then to say, okay, if I could be patient in something as small as baking a cake, hopefully that gives encouragement that I can be patient in much larger, more uh, serious more significant moments in my life, too. I think this also goes in then to uh, what I mentioned right before taking Nikki's call, is that cardinal virtue of fortitude. St. Thomas Aquinas, the reason I bring it up is because he says that patience is attached to that cardinal virtue of fortitude. Uh, can you explain for us what fortitude is, Father? Yeah, fortitude is, uh, it strengthens our resolve, right? So it's a great, it's one of the moral virtues and ensures firmness and difficulties like constancy kind of remaining in pursuit of the good when it's difficult to do that so obviously loving our kids or our parents or baking a cake we want it the end the end is to make a good cake and share it with people that we love and feed others and have a 
a lovely snack with them. Um, that's the end. Same thing with children. We want children to be good Christians, good citizens of heaven on earth, good citizens of earth that are heavenly. And, and the end, the end is the formation of of the people entrusted to us by God. So fortitude is to be able to resist temptations, to overcome obstacles in the moral life. That the virtue enables one to conquer fear, any kinds of fear, but to to be in times of trial and and difficulty to maintain if you will, the wide angle to pursue the good that is in front of us, that is our goal. And it's a great uh, thing to pray for. I don't think, I think a lot of people pray for patience, but not, I don't think a lot of people think of praying for fortitude. So it might be a nice, like, uh, you know, the baker, right? You, she called and she had fortitude to continue on, to keep going back, failure, back, failure, back, failure. And, and we can, that's what we should do in, in all of our lives, but especially where we lack that. So maybe that's another gift of today's program, asking God for the virtue of fortitude. So I'm really glad, glad you brought that up. Well, an, another area that we might consider where we find ourselves impatient, and it, it could maybe sneak up on us, or, or we might not even be aware of it, but I think we can find ourselves impatient for something that is good. Or something holy, like if I want to, if I want to grow more mature spiritually, if I want to get to the point where I am not struggling as much with maybe that familiar sin, or you know, I fall into that temptation, I just don't give in so easily. But I want those results right now without putting in the effort, without putting in the work. You know, there can be that kind of of impatience in our spiritual life. what kind of harm do you think can happen in the spiritual life where that impatience, it's it's trying to rush a process that God knows we need to, we need to have a slow progress in that spiritual growth so that we can handle other things that he might have set for us in the future? We have to trust in the providence of God, and, and God is always loving, right? God is always patient, but you're right, sometimes... If we actually set out to get rid of a vice in our life and we did it in two days and it never came back ever again, um, I think you might get a little sure of ourselves. You right, know, the of, pride could need... come in, right. Yeah, I love that. I remember St. Paul, right? He had that whatever he had, this one thing God wouldn't take away from him so he could keep his faith and know he needed God. And God is not you know, kind of testing us, but I, I think we don't want quick results always because I think that would that would lead to a a greater discouragement later. So I do like the, uh, the the slow simmer, you know, instead of turning something to heat on high in a stove, going back to baking, cooking, but kind of putting something on simmer, like the heart, the soul, the mind, the body, the life that we have in Christ, but really just relying on a baptismal calling. And, um, and no, again, knowing that God is always doing good for us at every moment, gazing upon us. The more we look back at him and not just at what's wrong, I think we'll get that virtue of patience. But I, I'm with you. I don't think, I'm glad it's not like easy pass. All right, I'm just going to do this one thing and then this is all fixed in me. I don't think so. I think we're on a journey. And uh, again, we, we have that beautiful sacrament of confession, spiritual friendships, relevant radio, things to help us, other people, all the people calling today. We're all in this together. And uh, when someone has a victory, we celebrate that, and we can ask others to give us those all those little victories that will obviously end up the greatest victory is being going home to the Father's house one right. day by by our efforts to be virtuous and to be patient and to experience love. So, uh, amen to that. You, you mentioned uh, you know at the beginning of the hour 
our Blessed Mother as a great example for us during this season of Advent, being able to reflect on her life, the way that she lived out patience. Um, You've talked about some other examples. Any saints that you might recommend that we look at, um, you know, that have written maybe on patience, um, or any other books that you might suggest as a resource for somebody who wants to grow in the virtue of patience? I mean, I always love St. Augustine's writings are full of kind of metaphors and analogies we can use today. Um, there are many, many saints that have written about patience. Um, you know, again, I, I like uh, Father Jacques Philippe as a current writer. He's a, he's a French priest that's translated into English. He preaches all over the world in very small books. Actually, what's great is that his books are so small. Uh, you don't get overwhelmed. <laughs> right. yeah. Sometimes we set out to read someone, we get discouraged. Oh my gosh, I read two pages, I'm tired. But his books are great, all about the prayer life, virtues, and, and there's so many out there. I encourage people to do that and read the scriptures. You know, Google where all the, the patience passages in scripture. Book of James is great as well, as well as the Gospels and Our Lady. Well, Father, we're out of time. Uh, we've got about 20 seconds. Could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? Yeah, Father, thank you for the gift of Advent, the season of expectant, joyful expectation and hopefulness. Give us the grace to be patient, to be loving, to be kind, and to give us the grace of fortitude today, wherever we need it. We might become more like Christ and honor Him by the receiving and exercising these virtues and these gifts. We ask this through Christ our Lord, but especially bless everyone, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks so much, Father Tyone, for being with us. Stay tuned. We've got Mass that starts right now here on Relevant Radio.